The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 1. Book 6, Consolidation, Chapter 4, in Q. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book 6, Chapter 4, in Q. If we look now at Paris, one thing is too evident, that the baker's shops have got their cues or tails their long strings of purchases arranged in tail so that the first comes to be first served were the shop once open this waiting in tail not seen since the early days of july again makes its appearance in august in time we shall see it perfected by practice to the rank almost of an art and the art or quasi art of standing in tail become one of the characteristics of the parisian people distinguishing them from all other peoples whatsoever but consider, while work itself is so scarce, how a man must not only realise money, but stand waiting, if his wife is too weak to wait and struggle, for half days in the tail, till he gets it changed for dear bad bread. Controversies to the length, sometimes of blood and battery, must arise in these exasperated queues. Or, if no controversy, then it is but one accordant pang lingua of complaint against the powers that be. France has begun her long curriculum of hungering, instructive and productive beyond academic curriculums, which extend over some seven most stressful years. As Jean-Paul says of his own life, to a great height shall the business of hungering go. Or consider, in strange contrast, the jubilee ceremonies. For in general, the aspect of Paris presents these two features, jubilee ceremonials and scarcity of victual. Processions enough walk in jubilee, of young women decked and dizened, their ribbons all tricolour, moving with song and table to the shrine of Saint Genevieve to thank her that the Bastille is down. The strong men of the market and the strong women fail not with their bouquets and speeches. Abbe Fourchet, famed in such work, for Abbe Lefebvre could only distribute powder, blesses tricolour cloth for the National Guard and makes it a national tricolour flag, victorious, or to be victorious, in the cause of civil and religious liberty all over the world. Fouché, we say, is the man for TDMs and public consecrations, to which, as in this instance of the flag, our National Guard will reply with volleys of musketry, church and cathedral though it be, filling Notre Dame with such noisiest, fuliginous amen, significant of several things. On the whole, we will say our new mayor, Bailly, our new commander, Lafayette, named also Scipio Americanus, have bought their preferment deer. Bailly rides in gilt state coach with beefeaters and sumptuosity, Camille de Moulin and others sniffing at him for it. Scipio bestrides the white charger and waves with civic plumes in sight of all France. Neither of them, however, does it for nothing, but in truth at an exorbitant rate. At this rate, namely, of feeding Paris and keeping it from fighting. Out of the city fund, some 17,000 of the utterly destitute are employed digging on Montmartre tenpence a day, which buys them at market price almost two pounds of bad bread. They look very yellow when Lafayette goes to harangue them. The town hall is in travail night and day. It must bring forth bread, a municipal constitution, regulation of all kinds, curbs on the sanscolotic press, above all bread, bread. 
purveyors prowl the country far and wide with the appetite of lions, detect hidden grain, purchase open grain, by gentle means or forcible must and will find grain. A most thankless task, and so difficult, so dangerous, even if a man did gain some trifle by it. On the 19th of August there is food for one day. Complaints there are that the food is spoiled and produces an effect on the intestines, not corn, but plaster of Paris, which effect on the intestines, as well as that smarting in the throat and palate, a town hall proclamation warns you to disregard, and even to consider as drastic beneficial. The mayor of St. Denis, so black was his bread, has by a dyspeptic populace been hanged on the lantern there. National guards protect the Paris corn market. First ten suffice, then six hundred. Busy are you, Bailly, Brissot de Vauville, Condorcet, and ye others? For, as just hinted, there is a municipal constitution to be made too. The old Bastille electors, after some ten days of psalmodying over their glorious victory, begin to hear it asked in a splenetic tone, Who put you there? They accordingly had to give place, not without moanings and audible growlings on both sides, to a new, larger body, specially elected for that post. Which new body, augmented, altered, then finally fixed at the number of three hundred, with the title of town representatives, representant de la commune, now sits there, rightly portioned into committees, assiduous, making a constitution at all moments when not seeking flour. And such a constitution, little short of miraculous, one that shall consolidate the revolution. The revolution is finished, then? Thereby ye and all respectable friends of freedom would fain think so. Your revolution, like jelly sufficiently boiled, needs only to be poured into shapes of constitution and consolidated therein. Could it indeed contrive to cool, which last, however, is precisely the doubtful thing, or even the not doubtful? Unhappy friends of freedom consolidating a revolution. They must sit at work there, their pavilions spread on very chaos between two hostile worlds, the upper court world, the nether sansculotic one, and beaten on by both, toil painfully, perilously, doing in sad literal earnest the impossible. End of Book 6, Chapter 4